Good morning, good afternoon. This is David Robert from the Marketplace of Ideas podcast. Hope you're doing well out there today. It is August, I believe, the 3rd, 2022. If you hear some background noise, it's just me in the car. Got a little bit of an episode here while we're driving. Figured why not get one out there, give one to the people, or anyone who's listening, or anyone who's not listening, you know? Um, But anyways, uh, just before we get started, I want to let you know you can find the Marketplace of Ideas podcast wherever you get your podcast, from Stitcher to Google Play, Podbean, we're there, rockin', rollin', you name it, you can find us, and uh, we got we got some good stuff, you know, we got some good stuff. So, so anyways, today we're going to be talking about an interesting topic that I saw online, and it was in regard to... I guess you could say like the SJW type type of stuff within culture or whatever the case is. Uh, if you're not familiar with that, it's the term, it's an acronym for a social justice warrior, which is a lot of times used as a way to kind of insult people who are, you know, who care about issues with social justice. So like racism and feminism and, you know, sometimes people will try to make it out to be something like it's... Um, you're being woke or it's leftist liberal ideologies it's just the talking points of a lot of idiots out there who don't really want to deal with certain issues and want to make light of people's pain however on the other hand there's a lot of times where people will say these things um, because they don't they don't want to actually deal with the with the real problem as well and the reason I bring this topic up is because of some of the I guess you could say some of the people who have been very critical of various forms of entertainment over the last couple of years that have tried to focus on bringing topics like LGBTQ and racism and feminism and, you know, fighting against capitalism and all these sort of various, I I don't want to say tropes, but different sort of topics within culture. And they've used entertainment to do so, from Star Wars to Star Trek to Marvel to DC to Disney to Pixar to Fox. Uh, well, before they were bought out by Disney, I guess. And not Fox the News Channel. Not not the racist uh, right-wing news channel, but just the, um, the entertainment wing of it. And so a lot of people have been claiming that a large portion of our entertainment is now tainted with this idea that, for whatever reason, people want to continue to preach the idea of... Inclusion, diversity, um, anti-racism, anti-bigotry, all of these things using entertainment. And so we're going to talk about what what that actually means in today's uh, entertainment. So a little bit of a backstory. Just the other, uh, probably two days ago, actually yesterday if I'm not mistaken, uh, news came down the pipeline that Warner Brothers uh, movie, Batgirl, had been shelved. It was stated, uh, and a lot of sources were saying different things about the movie and this sort of thing, but it was already done, already in the can, cost about $94 million, so, I mean, by no means a small, you know, a uh, bit of change, but, you know, for a large company, a large conglomerate, you're definitely not, um, you know, it's not, it's, it's, it's small change, right? And so, basically, the story was that they could in this small short window of time, right off the 94 plus something million dollars that it cost to make this film and take a loss. 
and a lot of people were saying that it wasn't up to par, it wasn't that good, that it might be suffering from what uh, I believe Batwoman was suffering from with Ruby Rose earlier last year, last year or the year before, where it, it had nothing but feminist cringe language. Um, the story was crap, and all it wanted to focus on was the fact that, you know, look at me, I'm a woman, and, you know, some of the lines were just so hokey um, in the trailer alone. In fact, I believe uh, that trailer, as well as the trailer for the female-led Ghostbusters, had the most dislikes in YouTube history, if I'm not mistaken. I, I might have to go back and check that out, but some of the comments were just vile and horrendous. Uh, at best, they were horrible. At worst, they were... Um, you know, from the bowels of, of the devil's anus. Uh, it was so bad. So, last, yesterday when I was listening to this news and it came out, oh, they're canceling the movie, you start to think, oh, well, did somebody get sick? Is somebody getting sued? But sources are saying that it just was not that good. And you have to wonder, if a company as big as Warner Brothers is going rather take a loss on a movie, you know, bite the bullet, then put it out, and they are under new management, I believe there's new... Um, uh, new executives that have come in and just been slashing, slashing the fat, you know, trimming everything. And uh, the blood, the blood is in the streets, you know, if you read the trades for uh, the movie news and everything. But the mere fact is that they decided not to put it out. And it's garnered a whole bunch of criticism online stating that, well, this is, this is the same thing as Buzz Lightyear. This is the same as, um, you know, so many other comic book and film and entertainment IPs that are deciding rather than giving you good stories, we're going to show you how we can fix the world. You know, we're going to show you how the real problems that are going on within society can only be solved with our, our politics rather than actually letting people come to it on their own. We're going to beat you over the head with it. And so the first instance that um, I found that this was kind of, I, I guess you could say, um, it came to my attention, because we're going to touch on the Batgirl saga in a minute. I think the first one I saw, where it really kind of you know, got, my, got my attention, ah, man, I would have to say it was probably maybe the last She-Ra that was on Netflix, um, the last, I guess, redoing or retelling of the story. Where a lot of the uh, now, the main character Shira had um, in the comic books, like in the cartoon, back in the '80s, she did not have a love affair with Catra, which was one of her main, you know, villains. But the head writer of the show, who I, I wish I had her name, um, she is LGBTQ. I believe she's transitioning now. Um, she's using uh, male pronouns, but before she was in a, I mean, she is still in a relationship with her female. Um, her female lover. Uh, she is just transitioning into a man now. But she made it very well known that her company, as well as the writing staff, they were going to be heavy on the LGBTQ uh, representation as well as diversity. And if you see the the show, it's a really it's a and the good thing about it is it's a very well written show. So it's not just the fact that Shira is in the same sex relationship with Katra. It's not that I believe oh there's another there's sort of undertones between two other characters between um uh, oh my gosh oh yes um Netasa Netasa and ah I forget her other ah man I really got to do my research for this one but I'm driving so whatever. But there was a lot of representation for LGBTQ, for people of color, 
and it, it's sort of in that same vein as Steven Universe if you ever check it out so um, yeah a lot of people came at both of those shows Steven Universe as well as She-Ra stating that this was indoctrination that this was grooming of children somehow and that what this was really doing was taking away from the entertainment value and just ramming something down people's throats that they didn't they didn't come for that you know if you look at entertainment within America and also within Canada messages are a part of storytelling and the key is you never want to get too heavy-handed you never want to get to a point where you know you are telling a story but you're also doing some overhanded preaching. If you want to go, if you want to if you want to get preached to, you go to church. If you want a sermon, you go to church. If you want to be educated about something, you'll probably register for a course and go to school for it. But people are starting to, you know, see this in their entertainment. So with Shira and Steven Universe, um, and some other shows that are on Disney Plus, the, people are saying it's very heavy-handed and it's not what they are about. And so, what we're trying to answer within this episode is, you know, with just those first two examples, is it really wrong to have a message in your stories? I was just listening today to um, the son of, I believe it's Isaac Hayes. He was a soul singer from the 60s and the 70s. He's passed away um, as as of the recording of this. He's gone for many years, but his son was just recounting some of the more memorable um, music that he, he put out there and that he was able to help to influence a generation. And during the time period that he was singing was also the height of the civil rights movement. And many people that were of note, uh, Bill Russell, for example, was a Boston Celtics legend. He re- actually passed away just last week. Um, he won 10 rings with the Boston Celtics. Um, Isaac Hayes and other such singers like Marvin Gaye and um, the, the Four Tops and James Brown. There was this real weird juxtaposition where they were being told, you can't be political in your music. You can't talk about what's going on. That's going to turn people off. Nobody wants to hear that. And then there's that reality that you are the person, like you do share the race or the gender or the um, social class of the people that are being targeted, you know? And and so if you are somebody who's LGBTQ and everything else, how could you not speak up about what's going on, about certain laws that are being passed, about certain initiatives that are being pursued to hurt you and to stop you from, and you and people of your ilk to, um, you know, to live the best life you possibly can. And so that's kind of where, where we're kind of trying to explore. But Isaac Hayes' son was basically saying, look, some of the music that he made was at the height of the civil rights movement. And being a black man in America, he could not not speak about this, right? You couldn't have the old OJ trope that I'm not black, I'm OJ, right? Because you'll be driving down that dirt road and there'll be somebody that'll pull, you know, might pull you over. They don't know that you're a famous singer, they just see a black person or an Asian person or a, somebody who's LGBTQ or trans and it could turn out bad for you. Right. And so I think the first question is it, you, you should be able to put out information and, you know, a message in your songs, but it's the way you do it. Right. And so I think that leads to our second point is how you do it matters and it counts. 
So let's take, for example, a movie like Roots, or the TV series Roots, actually. And let's even look at a situation like, uh, like Schindler's List, right? So in the movie Schindler's List, and in the show, and in the movie Roots, you don't have to tell people, you know, repeatedly over and over and over again that the Holocaust is wrong, that slavery is wrong, right? Jim Crow was horrible, and apartheid, and all these sort of things. But in Schindler's List, what Steven Spielberg does is he shows us the systemic, systematic way that the, that the German war machine was able to almost liquefy a people through, you know, uh, through gassing, through taking away of their rights. And it started slowly. It started with propaganda. It started with turning lies that sound like truth, you know, claiming that Jews were, were a scourge and that they were the ones that were the reason that Germany had fallen into disarray, you know. And we got to remember when... This, right before the Second World War, Germany was repaying all the money from the First World War. You know, hyperinflation. And it was said that you could pay for, you know, uh, firewood or food in the morning, but don't expect the price to be the same in the evening. And it, it got to the point where they were just literally, you know, printing, printing money to the tune that it just got worthless, right? And their economy crashed. And there was such shame and embarrassment and what Hitler did is he brought he brought pride to their people with his, you know, boisterous, um, you know, very ma- loud machinations. He was able to make people feel proud and of who they were. Now, unfortunately, that pride came at the expense of almost six point something million Jewish people, as well as other individuals who were uh, who weren't a part of the the Führer's vision for a Aryan an Aryan. Um, um, fantasy land, as it were. And so in Schindler's List, Steven Spielberg is showing us, okay, you can say this is wrong, you know, we could tell people, or we can show them the brutality, the horror, and the sheer and outright inhumanity of what, um, of what the Holocaust was. Right, and in doing so, he was able to. Um, I mean, that movie is now, I believe, required viewing in most high schools. About the, when we're talking about the Holocaust, it will outlast him for generations. I mean, if you've met somebody who hasn't seen the Holocaust or who hasn't seen, who hasn't heard about Roots or any of these other things, they're a little bit suspect, you know. And then let's take it to Roots. Let's take it to a show that showcased um, Lavar Burton um, as Kunta Kinte being brought to a nation. For chattel slavery, yeah, you know, here was somebody who was t- ripped from their home, you know, sold into slavery or stolen, either one, and now they have to take on a new name and a new, a new life in this place that they don't, they're not, they're not native to, with a system that's already set up, a judicial system, a court system, all of that stuff, right? And they show us in that movie. The violence, right? They show us in that movie the sexual trauma, the fact that you don't own your body, right? You don't own the child that comes out of you. Your wife is not yours. Yeah, you could be married to her, but the master can do whatever he wants to her. He could he can use her, use the children out of that, and sell her off. Do the same to you, right? And you could you could. Yell to your blue in the face, literally, 
till you have no um, no vocal cords left. Or you can show them in an art and, and just and and really, if we're gonna be honest, when you're watching movies like this, like Roots and Schindler's List and Twelve Years a Slave and Jackie Robinson and Selma and um, you know movies that showcase the depravity of how low humanity could sink to. Doesn't that have a better, you know, um, I guess you could say feel or a better, a better reach than telling people, I'm going to show you, rather than tell you how bad racism is. We're going to put on this play. We're going to write this book. Uncle Tom's Cabin was exactly that. It caused such a firestorm. At the time, it was printed more. It was outselling the Bible when it was first printed. The author of Uncle Tom's Cabin wanted to showcase how depraved, how sick, how disgusting, how horrible slavery actually was, right? And, and it created a whole, a whole other industry where people tried to now dissuade the fact and, and scrub away how horrible it was. The Daughters of the American Revolution, if I'm not mistaken, if that's their name, they, they created a whole, a whole curriculum. Right? Because think about it. How could you explain to people that your dad, your uncles, your family members decided, right, made a conscious effort to go to war, to fight, to keep selling people, right? It wasn't, it wasn't like they were fighting to free them. The South was fighting so they could keep selling people. And it's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. What the hell? But in, 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 in showcasing this in art, not only are these people able to show people, hey, man, this is wrong in a real and honest way, but they did it without having to beat, beat people over the head with it. You come away from watching those films, first of all, just disgusted, right? But also with a better appreciation for where you live right now, right? So it's how you do it. You can definitely get your message across without having to preach to people, without having to browbeat them, without having to tell them repeatedly, now racism's bad, you know. We could say, nah, it, we know it's bad, and, and, we, <laughs> and these films show it, right? So I think that's, the, that's, that's the, kind of like the, the second thing there. But I think the third point that I want to make, and I think this one's kind of... Um, what I've seen over the last little bit is that nobody wants to be preached to and talked down to and told that their views and their, and their values and what they believe is crap. You know, nobody wants that. And there are certain things, historically speaking, that there's no justification and there's no defense for, right? Slavery, there's no defense for it. Absolutely none. You know, um, residential schools here in Canada, we've seen over the last little bit. No defense for that, like at all. You know, like we do, like there's no ability to say, ah, well, this was, this was a good thing that happened. You know, we took, we took children away from their families and their loved ones, stripped them of their culture, of their heritage, who they were, how they identified and tried to like literally tried to whitewash them, you know, didn't work, 
They tried to fit a round hole into a square peg. Alright? Tried to do that for generations. You know, the fighting indomitable spirit of our aboriginals, aboriginal brothers and sisters wouldn't allow it, wouldn't let it happen. They kept fighting. Right? And they're slowly starting to regain that 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 pride back, you know? But look what it did. It was it was it was horrific. And when you point that out, it makes people very uncomfortable. When you point out those the the history of this stuff, nobody wants to hear it. Because why would you? Because it's horrible. And what makes it even more tenuous is when you are how should I put this? Part of that representation you're part of that race or that culture and you're speaking on it of what happened to people that looked like you 100 200 300 years ago or in the more recent future recent past i'm sorry right because we got to realize the 60s scoop took place in the 60s right i'm a child of the the late late the last year of the 70s so within my lifetime this was going on right and you know, you had you have people that are alive right now that could recount what happened in those schools, right? Now, you know, we're losing a lot more people from the Holocaust and everything else, but there are still some, and, and there's so many stories and voices of what happened and what took place and how horrible it was. And so when you have people who try to downplay the residential schools, who try to say that, ah, you know, slavery wasn't that bad, you know, it, I mean, you know, blacks were better off than what the than what the uh, liberal democratic government tried to give them, or even worse, even even worse yet, when people just out 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 and outright try to write it out of history. Right? When you do that, and you are I don't want to say accusing, but you are pointing the finger you know, at the current population or race or gender group that's in power right now, it's going to, it's going to get, things are going to get tight. You know, people do not want to have the sins of the past thrown in their face because for one, they weren't there, right? They didn't do it. And so why should they have to, you know, pay the price for what, you know, other people did. But on top of that, it's just the reality of, Hey, like, you know what? At some point in time, we have to come to an understanding and an agreement that what was done was wrong, right? And that it it wasn't cool. And it was awful. Let's call it what it is, right? And so, in doing so, you can showcase all of this stuff, but do it in a way that's classy, that's tasteful, that's artful, Right? I could tell you that sexual assault is horrible and it's bad, or I could show you one of the scenes from Game of Thrones, right? And 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 you and, and you hear it and you see, like, God forbid, you know, but you're you're being exposed to the horrific brutality of it. That'll do far more to change people's perceptions than if I I tell you in a condescending voice, in a holier-than-thou attitude, and try to get you to, you know, I tell you this, and and before you know it, I'm, I'm coming off as a prick. I'm coming off as a dick. And I, I think, 
uh, just to kind of wrap up, I definitely feel that's where we are right now, right? It's like so much of our entertainment that is out there are not actually owned by the writers of, of this stuff. So if, let's take, for example, Batman, let's take, for example, Superman, who've come under criticism for their kind of, quote-unquote, woke policies, as it were. Well, the writers and, and artists don't own these properties. And so they might want to put their own stamp on it, and they might want to put their own, you know, whatever. And at the end of the day... So at the end of the day, it's just a job for them. And the problem with that is there's so many people who love these characters, who, you know, grew up with them, that, that are like, oh my gosh, they, you know, they're ruining my childhood and all this kind of stuff, you know. But there are people who, like, legit have grown up with these characters and have had these characters define their lives for, for decades, right? Decades. And so you look at that and you're like, okay, well, this is how it is. You know, um, maybe it's best if people, rather than trying to lecture people, give them, give them something really good to chew on, right? Give them something to think about. Don't tell them what to think, but let them mull over it. And the decision morally of whether or not something is wrong or bad, as reprehensible as it might be, will have to fall upon the listener, the viewer, the watcher, whatever, right? If I tell you something's bad, okay, I can reject that. But if I show you the cause of what, of what happens when something happens that's, you know, like murder or sexual assault or, or war... It's kind of hard to argue with that. You know what I mean? It's very hard to put up a case to say that it's okay for genocide. To wipe out a group of people because of their language, because of their culture, because of their religious beliefs, because of who they love, you know, and and so on and so forth. As long as it's, I guess, not hurting anybody else. But if I tell you, yo, boom, 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 I... I don't like, um, what, what could I say? If I tell you I'm not a fan of, you know, like uh, robbery, robbery's wrong, stealing's wrong. Well, then there's different, different ways to view that because you could have people who are like, well, you know, stealing is wrong, but if you've got to like, you know, feed your family, you know, of course you're probably going to steal, you know. Or if somebody was like, hey, murder is wrong. That's true. But if you're defending your family from some crazed lunatic breaking into your home, you're going to be like, well, you know. right?" So I, art is a great medium to showcase the human condition, right? to talk about what's wrong in society, and to Im- implement change. But change can't happen if, if all we're doing is just telling people. we got to show them. Right? And the arts are perfect for that. So, um, yeah, you know, I think in the last couple of years, we've seen a lot of, a lot of shifts socially as well as politically, financially. There's just been so much going on, right? So much going on out there. 
And I think one of the things that I would um, would love to further dive into and further talk about and further get into would be this feeling of how you can give, how you can like, you know, have a, a proper, I don't want to say proper attitude, but just a proper, um, a proper way to look at things from a, from an artistic standpoint, from an artistic point of view and not have it to where you're just, it's so cringe, you know, like there's nothing worse than like you watching a movie and it's getting good and then it starts to get preachy and you're like, oh, for frick's sakes, like, who, you know what I mean? Like you didn't, you, you, like, this isn't what you signed up for, you know? And, and again, we're, we're seeing that a lot of people have been complaining about that sort of thing. A lot of people have been saying that um, super, a lot of the superhero movies, like uh, Wonder Woman 1984, which was truly a cluster, you know, but um, it just was all over the place. Um, movies that are so, you know, holier than thou and feel like they're, they're telling people how they should live and what they should think and all of these things. It's so... It's so lost the, it's putting the horse before the the carriage, if you would, right? And we're not, we're not getting the quality stories anymore. What we're getting is just people's ideas and views about what life should be rather than showing people, Hey, this is what life could be. Again, I'm not going to tell you what to think, but I'm going to give you something to think about. So yeah. Um, and again, this is just part one. We're going to have a part two. Um, there, I've got a few um, examples of what's happened in the last probably month or so to where creators, content creators, and companies have actually put things out that they're you know, straight to, direct to um, audience have demanded. And so there's been a bit of a of a fervor, if you would, on social media, particularly YouTube, by the, by the gentleman by the name of Eric July, who put out his own uh, comic book universe in retaliation to what he calls, like, woke, you know, um, leftist, whatever, views. But it's, it's a really interesting take because, I mean, for the first, you know, for the first time, we have the means now to put out content, to put out information, to put out stuff directly directly to our fans and um it's interesting so we're going to be chatting about that on the next episode but uh, i just want to thank you for listening and like i was saying before you can find us wherever you get your podcasts from google stitcher podbean you name it we're there so look for us um yeah but until next time take care be good to one another out there and uh yeah stay safe peace